0: Alice Vickery, and you are listening to Dingbat Chat, the podcast where I try new experiences and then talk to a professional, usually after it's gone a bit wrong. But as this is the quarantine edition, I can pretty much talk about anything I like. This week, I am continuing the mini farmwork series because I did spend four months of my time in Australia at the Bogan Backwards Bundaberg. By the way, bogan is the australian version of a chav just with sort of less teeth i had a lot of new experiences at farm work one of which i've already told you about the Bundaberg sesh i definitely did talk about fat lamb probably a bit too much if you still don't know what that means go and have a listen, check it out, and then this is going to make a lot more sense. I did actually go to Bundaberg for a reason in the first place, and that was to do my farm work. My 88 days, my legally required physical labour to stay in Australia for a second year. Now, I believe personally that this is one of Australia's best kept secrets. Farm work is the closest thing to legal slave labour that exists in Australia today. I know that that's a big claim, but to be honest with you, I came across a lot of situations and a lot of um, people and attitudes and actions that would not pass in a first world country in any other normal situation. But because we have to do that work, the farmers can treat us any way they like. Now, are you ready for a particularly juicy episode of Dingbat Chat? Let's get into it. Dun, 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 Now it's fair to say that everybody has a completely different farm work experience. For example, I could tell you about a faulty sweet potato from a mile away, but I couldn't tell you a damn thing about flower factories. So I've gathered a panel of experts throughout my time at Bundaberg to tell you about their individual experiences. First off, we actually have to discuss how I got to Bundaberg in the first place. Emmy and I were staying with a group of friends in Melbourne, who had actually met doing their farm work there, and they seemed to have a wonderful time. So, when we were panicking in Brisbane about what to do next and acting completely clueless, Thunderbird just seems like the best and the easiest option. Eleanor, who's the first person you're going to hear from, made a different decision and regretted it immediately.
1: We went, me and my friend, the girl I came travelling, we went to Tully first, right. and we lasted a day there. <laughs> okay. A day. Because we got there and we paid. They made us pay a $400 deposit. And then they said to us, right, there's no work at the moment. You wait in this hotel, like this little thing. It was in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't even like Bundaberg. There was no bars, nothing. Right. Um, And they said, within the three months, you could get work. So they wanted us to wait in this hotel with nothing around for three months while paying rent. So I was like, no. Mm. Then I went back to Sydney. And then like two months later that my friend went to Bundaberg and she goes, come to Bundaberg, it's really good here, definitely come. So off Eleanor
0: went to North Bundy and she was actually the very first person I met there. She came up, shook my hand and very loudly said, hello, what on earth are you doing here? Why have you come to do your farm work? What a terrible decision you've made. Which, yes, did worry me initially, but I had an awful lot of fun with her. So very glad that she came up and scared me on my very first day. Megan, our second expert, actually had an almost positive start to her farm work as she went to Victoria and decided to join a broccoli farm in the middle of nowhere.
2: We were still on $25 an hour. We were all making over a grand a week. Like we would start every day at like eight and finish between four and five every day. 20 minute lunch break. Um, But it was very different to federal in the fact that we lived in a house that was on the farm. There was just the six of us we stepped outside and we were on the farm and we were on the field ready to work Mm. so that was soul destroying just being surrounded by broccoli all day imagine that like that australian experience that you want but like it's in the middle of freaking nowhere
0: with all that spare dollar dollar bills megan decided to go home and see her family and unfortunately while she was away the broccoli season ended so like the rest of us, she headed to her fate in Bundaberg.
2: I rocked up at like 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Day one in Bundaberg, and I started yeah. the next morning. Jesus. Like, God. that's unheard of as well, isn't it? Like, I had a very lucky run in Bundaberg. Yeah. Megan did have an
0: incredibly lucky run. And if you listened to the full interview, you can hear me getting slightly cross as I listen to the very easy time that she had. But I'm not bitter. I'm grateful for everything that I went through. Or at least that's what I keep telling myself. Now, being prepared for farm work, it is an essential, it is a must. Otherwise, you go there and you're not ready for the hard work, the hard graft that you have to put in. I had done my research. I looked at the unsatisfied customers and I thought... People do not play fair at farm work because you are a disposable backpacker to them and you just have to get your head down and get on with it, mentally and physically. Jake, my third and final expert, recalls a few people that weren't quite ready for this way of life.
3: There was a few people, to be honest with you, that checked into our hostel, Like a few South Americans that checked into our room and they did about two or three days and they were like, it's just not for us, it's like, they just were so put off by it and just disheartened by it and yeah. I think you just you do need that like a little bit of like grit and determination to just get through it like at the end of the day you just yeah. need that bit of paper to say you've done your eight eight days mm. and you've just got to get into your head like how bad it's going to be sometimes and just yeah you just got to get through it don't you
0: Jake is one of the sweetest most grounded people I've ever met and even though he was prepared Farm work still tested him in ways he didn't expect.
3: To be honest, like the way that I got told about it, it was like, you know, you're in Australia in the sun, working with your friends, and, like, it can't be that bad. Like, uh. like I, know that, I know it's going to be hot. I know that you're going to do, be doing, like, physical work over long hours. It was like the mental stuff, like, that I just wasn't ready for. Like, these never-ending rows of, like, aubergines, where you, like, can't actually see the end, and you'd eventually get to the very bottom, having picked it for like an hour and then they'd be like oh well we're gonna send you home after this row but yeah we'll just do another one and you're like no like you just can't it's when you when you physically can't see the end of a row i've also ran away and hid in the van a couple of times i think i was driving one time and i actually rounded everyone up and said oh we're just gonna run in the van i got on the driver's seat and the guy came running after us and i was just like, oh just getting a drink we'll be back in a second
0: To be entirely fair to Jake, I completely empathise because I myself have sat in a bush for an hour pretending I had a dodgy stomach and it's specifically on these farms where it is piece rate, where you are paid for what you pick. The commission of the farm world, if you will. Peace rate can work out for you. You can earn money from it, as we will hear later. But myself, personally, living at North Bundy, did the shittiest form there was. Working at Coopers and Hackins, picking tomatoes, cutting off zucchinis, and not earning enough in three weeks to make one week's worth of rent. And this went on for two months Please bear this in mind as we hear about one of Megan's first jobs in Bundaberg.
2: I worked for them solidly on their um, zucchini farm. Right. So was that piece rate for you? No, it was hourly.
0: I would not have done it for piece rate. <laughs> well, no, no, because federal doesn't do piece rates. So what the hell were you doing on their
2: zucchini farm? It was hourly. It was picking. It was just hourly. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Yeah, they used to do coopers. Like Some people do coopers. Um, and that's zucchini's piece rate. Yeah. But like people getting like a dollar per bucket. Like I did one day piece rate my entire farm work. And I still have not been paid for it.
0: Same job, different hostel. And that is how different it can be. When I said I got a little bit cross, that's because I heard about that. For the very first time, I was chatting to Megan, and it killed me inside. Jake was at North Bundy with me, and he was supposedly at one of the better piece rate right jobs.
3: I was on that Ford's farm, getting well, well under minimum wage. It was like a joke what I was getting paid. It was like the hardest work I've ever had to do. Japanese pumpkins, it was like, you were like throwing them up literally to the truck. right? And it was like, sometimes 10, 11 hour shifts, it was like the most physically and mentally draining work I've had to do. And I got like a pay slip for like one week's work and I was in about four days doing like eleven hour shifts. And I literally got paid like hundred and forty dollars or something. And I was I was just like, how can that possibly be legal? They fill bins up with pumpkins and then pay per bin. But when the pumpkins are like ruined or rotten, like they'll put them in specific bins and just feed them to the cows. And because they don't sell them bins, they don't actually pay the backpackers money for picking them. Do you know? What I mean? Does that make sense? Even though you're still doing the work, because it's no good for them, I don't think they pay you for it. It was mental. Like I wasn't making rent and stuff. I had that job for like a month and a half. When working out like uh, hourly, it was just like it was well below half minimum minimum wage. I, th- I think in the the contract they say, don't they? That like on average you can make. Um, twenty-five okay. percent more than minimum wage, and I guarantee you, like, if you turn up suited and booted, ready to like take all day, if you go the fastest you possibly can, there's yeah. no way you no. make minimum wage. It's just like this whole piece rate thing is just yeah. like a legal loophole around paying staff minimum wage. And I honestly mm-hmm. think that in like five or ten years' time, like, it, it will be brought up, and it'll be like, how was that ever a thing, and how was that ever allowed? I can
0: only hope that one day the way farm work is currently done will be looked into and changed. The issue is that whilst you're there, you are livid at your situation, but you are physically and mentally exhausted by the work you're doing. And after you leave, you're just happy that it's done, and you look back with rose-tinted glasses at the people you met rather than the work you were doing. As I said, it's one of Australia's best-kept secrets, and the backpackers keep it that way because how do you complain in the face of such an overwhelming situation? But really, honestly, it's not all doom and gloom. Eleanor had a very good piece rate job at North Bundy.
1: So we were the first group to be put on the Blueberries. And this, you know, when you first got there, everyone talks about the Blueberries. Oh, it's a good yeah. job to be put on. Like, if you're going to be put on piece rate, it's the best piece rate. Yeah. So we all got there and we were like, OK, we've got to make a good impression. There's a small group of us. <laughs> and... We got there. It was our induction day. We'd all been drinking the night before, celebrating that we got the blueberries. Brilliant. So we were like hung over as shit. <laughs> the blueberries are all, they're little blueberry bushes and they're put in these giant marquee hot tent things. Mm. And there's about, oh, there's hundreds of them in a row. So when it hit the 30 degrees, it was about 32 degrees that day. It was, sh- I can't even like, it was reaching the 40s in the tents. Like it was hot. Mm. And you have like these belts around you with three buckets for the blueberries and they get heavy and you're just dripping with sweat and it was just we got in the tent and he's giving us this induction and Becky she gets in there and she starts swaying from side to side and literally he's like talking to us about what type of blueberries you need to pick and all Mm. this stuff and all of a sudden she just collapses to the floor the farmer is so strict he is he cut the first thing he said to us was Okay, we're a company, we can get you replaced within a, a minute. So if you mess up, you're gone. Like, that's it, bye bye. And she passes out on the floor, and he gets her up and he gets her, and, she's, and he looks at her and he goes, Are you okay? Were you drinking? And she goes, Oh, I might have been, I might have been. And then he goes, So you're hungover? And she goes, Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they got her picked up and they let her come back the next day. Oh, and really? The next day they were like, so have you been to hospital did you get yourself looked at she goes no and they were like so you didn't go to hospital she goes no i just needed a good sleep
0: <laughs> number one rule if you ever go and do your farm work never tell the farmer that you are hung over because they will send you home and usually you will lose your job immediately obviously north bundy becky was a very lucky young lady but sometimes you could get get lucky. Out of the nine, yes, I repeat, nine jobs I had during the four months of my farm work, Macadamia Farms wasn't just the best job, but the one I had the most fun on. We got to work in large teams and listen to music and chat to each other and the farmers were bloody cool. They were up for a good time. And they even let us drive the tractors. Yes, that's right. I'm from Cornwall and I had to go to the other side of the world to drive a tractor. But that's what the macadamia farm made possible. But even that job was much worse just before I got there.
2: Were you working on the farm when we were doing those 12-hour days? No. No, 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 no uh, I was hoping we'd do 12-hour days because I needed the money. But we did uh, yeah, not. No, no, Alice, you did not want to be doing those 12-hour days. They weren't actually okay. Okay, all right. Because, like, there were multiple days we ran out of water. Like, there was just, we would turn up at work and be like, no water today. hope you bought some. We'd be like, she told us two hours ago, yes, we would have. Jeez. But leaving at 4.30. Oh, right, okay. And getting home at 7.30. <sighs> Fucking up. So okay, think about getting home right. at 7.30, having to shower and eat.
0: Yes, I did manage to avoid those incredibly long days, but what I did come across was the heat. The worst we had was when it was midday and it was 42 degrees and we were having to push burning metal poles into the ground with gloves that really weren't thick enough or durable enough to be dealing with that kind of heat and uh, you're actually not supposed to work past 40 degrees but when you're doing the job and no one's complaining then who's going to stop and yes that still was my favorite job that i had in Bundaberg. now jake also finally got the opportunity to do a job that he also enjoyed
3: basically a sweet potato farm he only took two people on at once and it was honestly probably the best job i've ever had so we'd pick potatoes for two hours we do like some planting, which was dead easy, because you had like one of those like planters that like attached to the tractor, and you just literally sit on them. Like it's just like brainless work. It was basically like this huge irrigation system. Um, so it would just water all these fields of potatoes and vines. Right. We were given like these like farm bikes, like these dirt bikes to drive around the farm doing it because the farm oh, was so man. big. So we had like a we had like a bike each, and we just drove around. He had like three dogs on the farm. So yeah, you got to drive the tractors, the bikes. It was honestly, it was probably the, my favorite job I've ever had. Yeah. There is a decent farmer. because he was a, he was a relatively nice. Like, he used to take a surf and on our lunch break, like do you know what I mean, like because he lived, he worked at like the surf life saving club down on the beach, yeah. and he would literally just put two, three surfboards in like the back of a ute, and then I'm am calling them a ute. That's an Australian <laughs> way that I up. Um And then, yeah, we'd just literally jump in and then drive down to the beach for like half an hour and you'd like teach us how to like get on a surfboard and stuff.
0: That's the thing about farm work. Sometimes you'll be offered an incredible and unique opportunity and you just have to grasp it with both hands. Megan, for example, got to be a flower girl. And
2: then I got offered the christiest job on the loveliest little flower farm. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you worked you worked at a flower farm. I heard about the flower farms. I heard they didn't exist in Bundaberg. Oh, it was cushy as well, mate. Like we turn up for six. We never worked past one. Just the four of us in this guy's shed, just cutting down flowers. Like he would go down to the to the trees, cut them off like with a chainsaw, he'd yeah. bring them back in like weedy bins and he just cut them down into different sizes. He'd put them in different pockets well easy. And then it was like in the house for a smoker or something.
0: Quick explanation. A smoker is a break when you're a farmer because all the farmers smoke. Hence, smoker.
2: We'd get like some um, Christmas cake and a little cup of coffee, some tea, some dickies. Honestly, I've had like a a range of experiences you have you really truly have
0: i was shocked when she first told me that story and i'm shocked hearing it again megan honestly had the easiest time doing farm work and yes i am incredibly jealous now despite the good jobs and the bad jobs there are also the really really weird ones and here's jake telling us about one of the stranger opportunities he had
3: they sent me off to this like works factory in the middle of nowhere, Sorry. and it was me. Yeah, it wasn't farm work. I was just working in a like a steel factory in the middle of Bundaberg, and it was literally me and the three local blokes that were about like fifty or sixty years old. <clears throat> it was bizarre. So yeah, I was just like they were printing like like steel like sheets out of this machine, and I was gonna like piling them up and like working on this like steel and honestly I remember just we sat down for a lunch break and it was like these three local like Aussie blokes and they would sit there in like the half an hour lunch in complete silence all then we talk to each other and I would just be sat there like what what is going on in my life where, how did this happen and where <laughs> why did that end up here it was just bizarre like I, I messaged a couple of friends and family and I just like when they asked like, Oh, how's the farm work going? I said, like, It's not actually farm work anymore. I work <laughs> in a steel factory in Bundaberg, Queensland. And that's that's what I'm doing with my life now. That's yeah, bizarre.
0: I also got to do one of these strange jobs with Emily within the first couple of our days at North Bundy. Um, it was a cash to hand job. Didn't actually count towards our farm days, so those weird ones rarely ever do and we had to go to a lady's house and uh, clean i got to stand on a ladder on the balcony in a very precarious position with a strong wind and hose down the ceiling whilst everybody got to wipe the windows and we did this more than once but it still earned us more money than i would say three weeks worth of north bundy peace rate did so I was quite happy to do them. Jake remembered a few more of these wacky cash in hand situations.
3: There were some really weird jobs, like i like I know a girl um that she went to Bundaberg as well, like like a couple of months before us. And yeah. she was on Fords and they were asking her to like clean around the house. And like she would like tidy like the bedroom for them and like <laughs> re- like replace the bed sheets and stuff. Did you ever did you ever hear about that? It was like one person only ever got put on it. And it was like, kind of, you do like a day a week and it was hourly pay. You would basically go around and there's like this guy that was like partially blind or something. And he would just pay backpackers to come round for a chat and help fly his drone. And he would literally pay like cash in hand hourly for just a bit of company. And our hostel would like actually put someone forward to do that every like week or two. <laughs>
0: Just in case you were worried, like my mother, fly his drone was not a euthanism. But there were farmers that we worked with that managed to be incredibly inappropriate. Australia, unfortunately, is a slightly backwards country. They're like Britain five years ago when it comes to sexism and racism, as Eleanor can demonstrate.
1: Do you remember that time we went to that farm and we were weeding the sweet potatoes? Yeah. And he had a nickname for each of us. Yeah, your nickname was like, what was it? Yellow T-shirt, or someone had this yeah. and pink T-shirt, yeah. and I was just called Brown Girl Which, for the whole day. And yeah. he was awful he was to us, horrendous. wasn't he? He's actually he was he just stand there looking over you, breathing. he just be like, yeah. <laughs> like just breathing in your ear, saying you missed oh. that one. It's like, would you believe they haven't got there yet? Oh, you yeah. sort of think is the money worth it? Like, it's not. is it worth it? It's, it's not. not. It's Bloody not, because you're, you're in freaking hell for some yeah. of it.
0: Unfortunately, Eleanor experiencing racial slurs didn't happen just once.
1: Okay, so the main farmer was called Graham, and he right. was... You know how the farmers can be there. They're very backwards thinking. Yes. You know, yes, men right. are treated a lot better. hmm yes. And I got very tanned on the strawberry farm. <laughs> very uh, and I don't know what it was but he yeah. just took a very disliking to me and he would just he'd make like little jokes about mm. my skin colour and this and that and then um, I just didn't appreciate like it was nine hours a day picking in those hot tents mm. and it was very like it was just repetitive like picking little tiny blueberries oh, you know isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. so I would go insane like and, and I was partners with Izzy at the time and to pass the time, like we'd be singing or this, or we'd be throwing blueberries at each other. Mm. And he was not happy with that. Like He was just always on our case. I was in the middle of farm work. I was surprising my family. They were going on holiday, so I wanted to see them. And I said to Graham, I was like, can I go away for two weeks and come back? And uh, will I still have my job? And he was like, yeah, Eleanor, that's fine. No worries. That's absolutely fine. I was thinking in my head, this guy hates me 100%, something's up. And then I got back, Derek had joined the Blueberries and he goes, I spoke to Graham and he was like, no way in hell is he ever bringing you back. So I was cut off completely off that job.
0: That farmer's specific dislike for Eleanor, whether it had to do with her personality or her race, caused her to lose their job. And the question, the frustration of it all is, what do you do about it? how do you complain and, and how do you change that? Jake also noticed sexist and racist comments towards co-workers.
3: I, I did hear like a couple of comments from farmers I like made towards like girls working on the farm that were like a little bit inappropriate. I heard one or two like racial slurs and like you, again like they do get away with it because like you can't just like down tools, complain and leave the farm. But at the end of the day, you're not going to get your 80 days. And it might you might be waiting like a week or two weeks to like get a new job mm. before like any work comes in. It's completely unacceptable. Mm. But like, is it worth, because sometimes it's like you're in a kind of race against time. Like a lot of people got there and they were like, I've only got four months left until my visa's out.
0: <laughs> no. It's a
3: weird one. I think it's just another, yeah, another thing that like they kind of get away with a bit.
0: They do definitely get away with it because who are you to question their power? As I said before, and I'll say it again, we are disposable to them, to the hostels and to the farmers. One of the jobs I specifically witnessed this on was when I was working at Carter's and Spencer's, which was the sweet potato factory. And you had to work incredibly quickly, try to figure out the faults and put them into the correct bins. We would have the male supervisors, and they were always male, come and... I suppose flirt with us the best term I think is to flex they would come and flex their power in front of us and they would flirt with the more feminine girls in a way of asserting their masculinity it's the biggest peacocking show I've ever seen and I've never felt put more in my place Sarah who I worked with the Carters and Spencers stayed there for a lot longer than me I was only there for a week and this behavior continued the entire time she was there
4: Car Suspenser was special it was oh my god like first of all i hate to have a boss especially when the boss is a really bad boss like loves to show you that they have power and that's exactly what all of the supervisors and the boss brendan does at carters They, like, they use everything to show you, like, all of their powers to show you that they control you. They could, like, trick us after work that we're... or during work that we're going to finish early. And then we were not finishing by that time. We were working for, like, five hours after that. And I know it doesn't sound that bad, like, they trick us, but... When you're in Carters, when you're in the farm work, your day is so long and it hurts and you're just, you just want to go home.
0: Brendan, the boss at Carters and Spencer's, had been accused of sexual misconduct several times before we started working there. For one, we weren't warned about this behaviour before we arrived. And whilst we were there, he continued to be a predator, asking several of the girls to come back to his place and even suggesting that one of the girls had performed fellatio that weekend. Yes, it was that bad. Yes, you did feel disgusting by the end of the day working there. Which is why I was very glad that I stopped and moved hostel in the end. There were also situations where religion came into play and Megan had a particularly bad experience.
2: There was one day where it was like a really big Jewish festival and I couldn't eat for a day, Mm. but I didn't tell my farm that I couldn't work, so I was like, I don't want to run the risk of losing this job. We were starting at like nine and finishing at like one, I was like, you know, it's a few hours, I can do it. As long as it's not past one o'clock when it gets really fucking hot, I'll be fine. Mm. It was the day that we worked till five. (gasps) Uh, and I had, I, I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink water. It's called Yom Kippur. It's the day of atonement. Nothing's beautiful. allowed to pass your mouth. Like brush. some religious people would brush their teeth. I brush my teeth because I'm not a nasty person. And I remember so clearly it was like 2.30 and I was like, we have to be done now. And the boss called us in. He's like, okay, you can have another little break now and then we'll carry on for the afternoon. It was the only day I worked for them uh, that we did two breaks in a day that like we've never worked that part that far oh my god and in the afternoon when the farmer was like okay we're gonna do more I just threw my knife down and just walked away yeah and the boss like asked somebody else he was like oh what's going on with Megan she was like um, she hasn't eaten today and he was like oh she's not brought lunch I've got some food and he was like no no she just can't play religious festival but she didn't want to get fired And I think he felt really bad and he gave him the next day off. Though Megan's experience
0: wasn't particularly bad because of her farmer, the fact is that she felt uncomfortable about telling him what was really going on because she was scared to get fired. And that is the thing to bear in mind when it comes to all of these stories. You don't say anything. You don't want to get fired. You just want to get your days done. But there are sometimes certain situations, even the most stable of us can be pushed too far.
3: I remember um, one of the farmers used to get his like twelve year old son to like help out on the farm, and he would basically follow you up a row and like tell you where you've missed an aubergine. So I had like a twelve year old kid going like, "Can you come back? You've missed one." And I was like. Where, where, what happened in my life? Like, changed so much to a point where, like, a 12-year-old kid's bossing me about on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Like, what, Like where, how did this happen? I don't know there are <laughs> there is, there is points where you just question what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is this really worth it?
0: I remember Emily coming home and telling me that the exact same thing had happened to her just before Christmas as well, on their last day of the year. Basically, the farmer's son, who was about 14, 15, had come up to everyone working on the farm... when they thought they'd finished and said, no, you've got a whole other field to do. Not just another row, a field. Now that is about three days worth of work. So they all just thought he was bonkers, dropped their tools and got on the bus. She was a little bit worried because they thought they'd all got fired, but apparently the farmer just told off her son. Little bit of justice for the backpackers. It felt very good hearing that story. But unfortunately, no matter how good you are, you will be fired eventually, at least once. I was fired by one farm because I wasn't fast enough cutting vines. And I was fired by my hostel in another situation because I was almost done with my days and they wanted someone new in my bed. So they promised them my job. And fired me. Now, I will discuss that more in the Hostel podcast, but don't worry. I moved out of there as quickly as possible. But as Jake explains, it happens to the best of us.
3: Like you will eventually get sucked from a job. Yeah. Like oh, just, There's okay. no getting around it um i got i got sucked from one and i really took it hard because it was like the only job i've ever been fired from and i was like just thinking about it for days like what could i've done better like do you know what i mean i just really took it personally because it was the only job i've ever been sucked from um but it just will happen
0: so it's in these situations when you haven't got a job or when you're on a particularly bad one that you need to have thought about saving money preferably beforehand
3: yeah, I, I think like if I could like if I could say something to someone that was planning to do the farm work and mm-hmm. heading head there, I did it quite wrong because I did like a couple of weeks of traveling before I got farm work, oh. and I got there and I was like, oh crap, like, I'm a bit skinned now. Like, <laughs> I'll get in, I'll get a job, I'll get like, I'll get in the work and I'll like get saving again. It'll um, be fine. But I got there and honestly, literally before I was earning any money, mm. I was kind of like down every week because it like the the pay that I was getting, even though I had like a a job that was considered by the hostel as one of the better ones. Mm. Like I still wasn't making rent, so every week I was like down a bit. um And I think I must have spent like a grand, like like probably about a thousand dollars before I actually ended up earning anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah I would like definitely say go with savings.
0: Otherwise, you'll end up in Eleanor's situation, ransacking your farm for food
1: because it was so stressful. I was smoking a lot yeah. to like relieve my stress, and then. I'd spend so much money on that. I mean, we were getting paid on zucchinis. What, some days we were there for 20 minutes. That was like $2 yeah. for the day. And I went to farm work with no money anyway. I had no money for food. So we used to go there. Me and Becky would literally pick up vegetables like, that'll do you for the week. Yeah.
0: If I'd like zucchinis, you best believe that's what I've been eating most of the time. But unfortunately... I'm a cucumber kind of girl. All of us were in Australia recently during the coronavirus outbreak and it did cross everyone's mind, including mine and Emily's, to actually go back and do farm work again.
3: Um, I, we were quite drunk when we brought that idea up, so that's probably why.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. We,
3: we I, honestly, we almost did book a train back to the Bundaberg pist all night, so I, I'm glad that didn't happen. Imagine we stuck there now.
0: Sarah, who you heard from earlier about Carters and Spencers, actually went back to Bundaberg during the outbreak and she's
4: there now doing her farm work again. None of the hostels took people in because of Corona, so everything was shut, everything. Uh, we went to like we called all the hostels in Bundaberg nothing was open so we had to move into an Airbnb and we were there for like five nights but finally after five days we could move into North Bundy and they put us on Hackens the perfect tomato farm or not uh, <laughs> so the our first day or our first working day we got put on Hackens and which is a shitty tomato farm where you pick tomatoes and it's piece rate. Right. my worst day I did like four dollars or like I did four dollars then they put me on strawberries because the hostel thought that that was a better farm but it's not because you're bending over all day long and it's so shit and you get so dirty and so like your body just kills you um, and the pay is even worse not the four dollar day but still like a good day on Hackens you can do like 30-50 dollars on strawberries I did like 15 to 30 dollars a day every day they couldn't give me another job like we've been talking to the reception so many times like if you don't can if you can't give me a job why should I pay 200 dollar rent luckily now I've been put on a really good farm a sweet potato farm still piece rate still a really hard farm that is so amazing. My farmer is so lovely. Um, he took us surfing our first day after work. Um, but there's still like, we have those three farms. Zucchini, strawberries, and hack tomatoes farm. Um, they are so shit. And there's like, I would say 70% pe- of the people here at the hostel are on those farms. And they cannot like even earn $200 a week so they can pay
0: rent. If you recognise the description of Sarah and Sophia's jobs, that's because they're doing the job that Jake did before, where the farmer took them surfing and they're allowed to go around on tractors. So obviously the reason that they've gone back to farming during all of this, despite how bad farm work was, you still had an incredible time. And it wasn't even just the people. Sometimes the jobs were brilliant as well. And considering how bad and how few the jobs must be at the moment during COVID-19, for people to rather go back there than go home and... Fingers crossed. Be safe with their family. Shows how much of an impact farm work had on people. So much so that some who never thought of doing farm work again now want to go and do their third year visa.
3: Me and a few other people like did speak about doing like the six months to get you like your third year, mm. um, which would have seemed like impossible when I first arrived at farm work doing six months of it, yeah. but. I genuinely had the best times, like, uh, the, the best time in Australia that I had was doing farm work, like, That's hands it. down. Like, not it? Like, nothing I did, like, nothing ever. I did, like, a road trip with, like, a couple of mates in a van, like, mm. the dream, like, what everyone wants to do in Australia. Yeah. And, like, uh, farm work was just, like, hands down the best memory I have of Australia. Yeah. Just yeah. literally tree just drinking in the park and going to these just <laughs> awful pubs, these run-down pubs. <laughs>
0: Drinking and friendships even deters the most focused of us.
1: Because you go there thinking, right, I'm going to do this, I'm mm. going to struggle for three months, get this out of the way, and then I can enjoy my rest of the time in Australia. Mm. And the thing was, it's like, obviously at the time, me, I, I did. we did a lot of jobs together, and we had some <laughs> shit shows. Like, we did. <laughs> Such bad ones. But, like... We had the best group of people there And the funnest time It was amazing
3: I don't know why Maybe it's the people Maybe it's just the fat lamb That does something to your head Definitely the best time I had Traveling, I think
1: I was just constantly on The crap piece rate But it was probably One of the best times of my life
0: So there you have it that uh the farm work work experience and i know doing that chat is usually um more funny than educational but it was such a visceral experience doing physical labor and living together and sweating together and drinking together and going through all this crap with the people around you it um it bonds you and I wouldn't have changed a damn thing. Uh, maybe that's a lie, actually. I probably would have changed a couple of things. Maybe had a bit more money. That would have been nice. This was meant to show the good and the bad and the real sign of farm work. And the range of incredible and shitty experiences you'll have when you're there. Let me know if you enjoyed this episode. And look forward to the next one about farm work. Where I talk about all the sexy relationships and all the drama. Because there's a lot that went down in that style, too make sure as always you go and have a subscribe have a listen to the other episodes if you haven't heard them yet leave me a review and preferably five stars if you fancy it because it helps other people find me and I'm not going to lie I think this episode is quite an important one to get out there for people who don't know a thing about farm work and need a bit of information follow me on Instagram dingbatchat I've even got videos now on YouTube there's a deluge of Dingbat Chat going on and I hope you're enjoying it I'm sending you all my love and I'll so speak to you I've next week. into your space. Oh, Acting yeah. like an adult. At least I hope that's the case. Learning to love when I will get lucky with you. Oh, Stop it. Just jump with me, and you'll get lucky too. So did you get the many references I put in? I wanted to see if I could do some goddamn self-promotion. Ding bat, ding bat. Ring-a-ding-ding. Ding bat,
4: ding bat. Ding, ding, ding. And how do you think it? Ding bat, ding bat.
3: Ding! Ding! <laughs>